Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot. Where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Welcome home, Brains. There's only one requirement to hang out on the edge, is that you open your big brain and close your small mind. Did you bring your thinking caps? It's time to put them on, because the conversation starts to On the Edge with April Mahoney brings another beautiful day, the place where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. And today we have the beautiful Melissa Smith. After uh, suffering a considerable loss of her loved one, she decided to live her best life. She wanted to work with women to help them really create a blueprint for their business. Um, what content to use, social media, how to use that content to turn it into leads, those leads to generate revenue, to start a business, to really create the framework of what it looks like. We're going to talk a little bit about AI, the challenges, what information we need to really put at the forefront of introducing ourselves in this new social media, you know, superhighway. Because everybody's doing a lot of the same things, but what's going to make you unique? What's going to make you stand out? What's going to make you resonate? And Melissa Smith is going to definitely be our Uber driver in that direction. Welcome to The Edge, Melissa. How are you, beautiful soul? I am great. Thank you for that introduction. That was great. You're doing some great stuff there. So let's dial back. You know, um, first... I don't care if it was yesterday or 20 years ago. I am sorry for your loss. I've been married to Mr. Magnificent 39 years, girl, and I I can't even imagine a day breathing without that person next to you. But you had a diagnosis, and I guess your husband had almost like two and a half, three years to live, and you decide to maximize every moment. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, You know, I think it's very life-changing when you are sitting in a room and you find out you have um, a certain window, you know, as to how much time you might have left. And while it was not me that was being given that direct information, you know, um, it's still devastating nonetheless. And then, you know, with your partner, the person you love, how do you make that turn into something that can be, I don't know, livable and not very depressing for the remainder of the time that you do have left? you know, um, cancer is a beast and we don't get to control it. Um, And so we, you know, working through everything really decided to just make everything the most it could be. And so we would travel, we would do things with family, do things with friends and really try to make the most of all of those moments. There were times with friends and there was one distinct one where a girlfriend had said to me, and we were out um, at a party one night, and she said to me, she's like, I just don't know how you're doing it. And I said, well, I'm doing it in moments. Like, we're here for the next four or five hours. We are here, and this is what we're doing. I'm not doing tomorrow right now. I'm not doing next week right now. I'm doing this right now. And so that actually became a big part of how we worked through that entire time was being present in the here and now of what we were doing, you know, and trying to make the best of that, knowing that a day was going to come that we weren't going to like, you know, 
So just trying to make that all really great. Um, hard to pack that all in to a short period of time, but we worked really hard to do that. And in the process, I think that you grow and like you think you know how to love somebody, but it's a whole different depth of unconditional love that really just got fast forwarded. You know, um, we weren't together for 39 years, but we were together for six and that was a magnificent six, but the depth of what you learn on that journey um, is incredible. And I think we were really fortunate to end up in the place where at the end, we had no regrets on where we were at or there was nothing left unsaid. And I cannot express enough about how comforting that is that there was nothing left unsaid I that know, i know when my mother was transitioning you know i looked in her i felt her last heartbeat i laid my chest on her chest and i could feel i felt almost like i was going through you know through this portal of time with her and even though you've been given the diagnosis for whatever time you still live in moment by moment because anything can happen yeah. You know, anything yeah. happened. But what good happened and what brilliant happened is that you're a thriver, you are a survivor, you look absolutely stunning. Uh, I'm you. a believer that you will meet your loved one once again. But you said, you know what, I'm not going to sit here and wallow in self-pity. I'm going to take this and I am going to create a legacy project. I'm going to work with other women that are trying to develop a business. I'm going to pour all this angst, grief, and anxiety into something that is going to bear fruit. Tell us a little bit about your business and how you got started. So my business is All Momentum, and kind of, I think, now listening to this and hearing the story, I think that part of it um, has a springboard off of what I went through because you still need to keep moving forward. And I've found that moving forward with direction is more effective, you know, um, I think it actually helps to lift you with where you're going. So um, in my business, I help with creating business plans for women who are entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, they might have a team, but they're generally smaller businesses that really need help with that big picture of where they're wanting to go and how to get there. You know, it's kind of like saying, uh, I live in California, but I want to go to New Jersey. And if you didn't really have a good map or you didn't have GPS, you know, what would you do to get there? And so that's where I help to build what that walkway would look like. Um, and it's really effective. And so along the way of my journey, I ended up coming across um, a system that actually helps to uh, lift and support that map, that strategic plan to be able to also build the content with AI and be able to really like make that a high speed freeway um, rather than it being really daunting, trying to do all the things in the business, especially, you know, when we're small businesses and we're trying to create content that can just be overwhelming and it, it can feel like it's because you don't know, you don't know where to start. You know, you don't know where to start. You say, Oh, okay. Well, I need a website. Okay. Well, what are you going to say? First, you need an identity uh -huh. and, you, and you need a plan. You need to know what, you know, that's what I did. I sat down with pencil and paper. And some crayons too, actually. <laughs> I love it. Because I want to color in the white space. You know, I have this right. great big blank canvas. And what do you do? What do I want to share? Who's mm -hmm. going to be my client? Who's going to really believe me and trust me and 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 buy into what I'm doing? Then you're going to try to create a brand, something that is consistent, that has your name on it. 
you know, your logo, what is that going to look like? What is that saying about you? Your bio, who's going to be your customer? I mean, we could go on and on and on. It can be very daunting. So tell us uh, maybe the first two or three, maybe the first three or four steps. If you're looking to create a business, you're a small business, uh, if you're looking to catapult it, or if you're just in the design stages, where would a person begin? You know, I would actually say one of the first places I would begin is in validating what it is you want to do. Right. So I'm going to tell you based on experience, um, if you're a solopreneur and you're just starting out and you're starting out in the online space, I'm going to say it's it's probably not the greatest thing to step out and do something that's 100% new, wild, crazy, because you need a lot behind you in order to lift that off the ground. Maybe there's... Um, so like creating your own brand new niche can have a lot of runway that you need to actually pave. So if you're just starting, I would say validate the offer, make sure that there's a little bit of a market for it. You know, make sure that that's something that's actually a need that's out there before you invest a ton of time, you know, into what you're wanting to build without knowing if you're going to have customers, the um, build it and they will come. That's a beautiful phrase, but that doesn't really always work in the online space because it's really competitive and you can get buried against everybody else's content, everybody else's stuff who, you know, if you're just starting out, if you don't have all the capital to be able to invest in all the advertising and everything else, it's really important to validate that offer and just basically make sure what you're going to do is be, will be successful. So that would be my first thing. Um, The second thing would be in looking at market research, being able to identify where you want to stand out in the market, you know, like where, where do you fit amongst that landscape, you know, and I've had to go through a journey this round in establishing my business all momentum with where am I going to fit in the grand scheme of content creation and business planning, you know, and being strategic, because there are a lot of people out there that are strategic business coaches, right? And so how do you fit? Where do you compete? What's your uniqueness? Just being able to know that and own it, I think is really important. And for me, my uniqueness really lies a lot in my ability to think futuristically. And so I'm normally thinking five, six, seven steps ahead before I'm making the step right in front of me. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't know if that came partially from what I went through in life that made me look ahead to know that, hey, this may have an expiration, but what do I do now to kind of avoid that? Or what I do now to make that the best it can be? And so, so information I, doesn't become stale and that you can look at it kind of like a, as a snapshot. It's mm-hmm. you know, like my um, my mentor always tells me about strategic planning. Look at the outcome, then consider your resources, then the revenue. Don't necessarily, oh, okay, well, I want to make X amount of dollars because you're going to have to put it out there. You're going to have to do some market research to see if it's viable and if it's sustainable. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing I would say next to do, because if you're, and I'm specifically talking about in the digital space, okay, so being online with your business, I would say is finding out where your ideal client hangs out, where are they at, how do you find them, what Facebook groups, where are they at on Instagram, where are they at in TikTok, where are they at on all the social platforms, because that's how you're going to need to reach them and you need to know where they are. So you just don't spend your efforts like throwing spaghetti at the wall, you know, because that doesn't always stick in the right place. So I think finding that so that your efforts are just really efficient is the most important part when you're starting out. 
So, cause you might want to just do all the things, but I mean, not all the things are, are revenue generating. Right. Now, and it, oh. I'm sorry. I want to, I, I want to dial back on that and just kind of drill in a little deeper on that. Finding the cust- the right customers on social media. Where do people begin to do that? I mean, this, this is, you know, uh, amusing for me. I'll see people that have 5,000, you know, people and I'll ask them, well, you know, I, this previous person's been on my show. I find that we're in alignment. I'm traveling in the same circle of influence. I went in, I've looked at your profile, yada, yada. They don't even know who these people are. They've, they just, because they've got a like, or they've got a friend request, they just automatically assume that may not be your tribe brains. That may not be your people. And, you know, you're saving and reserving space for someone that is going to pay attention to your content, going to look, going to like, going to share, going to buy and do business with you. It's different. Now, if you're looking for people, you know, on a social platform, you still want to interact and know who these people are that have a front row seat in your life. Wouldn't you agree, Melissa? I would agree. I would agree. And I do think it's a little difficult to find where your ideal client is. So finding, figuring out who your ideal client is, is extremely important. And I actually have a tool to help with that. So I can talk about that a little bit more, but um, knowing who your ideal client is, what are their demographics, what are their psychographics, you know, will help you with finding where to go look. Um, And there are um, statistics out there regarding what age groups are hanging out on Instagram, what age groups are on Facebook, what type of businesses, mo- business models are on Instagram versus the types that are on Facebook. Um, and I use those just as the two main primary, but you still have YouTube and TikTok and Pinterest and LinkedIn and, you know, a lot of places. So if you're, if you're an organization and you're looking for more of the, you know, um, I want to say brick and mortar professional level, I guess, that's still, I think, more of the primary on LinkedIn. There's still the virtual, there is, but I'm saying like you might just head that direction more so first than going to Pinterest. You know, Pinterest is a very huge search engine, basic, you know, basically, which is fantastic for being able to find all sorts of information, all sorts of things for sale, etc. And then you have the other um, platforms that are about community or about entertainment, you know, and so thinking about where your model fits is really important. And I think actually, yeah, you know, in searching, 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 like, you know, doing a lot of research to be able to see. You know, I saw a young girl uh, do a posting on uh, LinkedIn about, you know, beach wear, I mean, uh, beach activities, not travel, but beach activities. That might not be the correct platform. You know, you're You're not B2B, C-level, E-level. You're talking more business. When you're talking Instagram, quick and slick. In my mind, I've got a certain age group, a certain demographic. They want in 30 seconds. There and TikTok, they want in 30 seconds. Or less. Yeah. Just give it to me. If I'm interested, fine. But these platforms were never created and designed to be selling tools. No. overrun it you will go into your dm and you will get pitches for multi-level marketing pitches for this pitches for that and so a lot of times it's a turnoff because you are you know you're using something on facebook where it's more of a social gathering what are you cooking where'd you go on vacation with you know your cute little pictures of your dog all those type of things and then you come hard and heavy with the sales pitch 
people get turned off about that. So how do you mix your message? Number one, I say less is more. I don't need to see all of this. I'm not going to read all of it. I'm going to uh-huh. skip through it, hit the highlights, what's important, what's relevant to me, and then move on. People just are not investing the time and the energy that they used to to really get into it. How do you come up with some key phrases, uh, key points that really grab their attention from the onset to make them want to dig deeper? So let me take us back to the idea about your ideal client. So um, I've partnered with um, Mass AI, which has this software that is so robust. Like the list of what it can do is incredible. But one of the things that you start off with in the system is actually building that ideal client so that you very clearly understand their pain points, their um, un- their desires, their unspoken desires, their knowledge gaps, and all of their obstacles to be able to round out what this person is actually really struggling with and what they're going to resonate with. And so when you know what their goals and their struggles are at a really good depth, and you can use that as your robust, you know, ideal profile, basically, then you can feed that through this system that is built to produce content that's geared directly towards them. When you can gear your content directly towards them, you can help cut through some of that so that you are just telling them what they need to hear so that you're speaking just to your ideal client. And then what the system produces for content is structured based upon reverse engineering of successful viral posts in the past. So you're saving a ton of time not whoa, having whoa, whoa, to whoa, think. Whoa. Wait, wait, wait. You, you took me a little fast on that. Robust. Right. I didn't I didn't hear that part. So it has a robust structure in place where it creates reverse engineered mm, okay. viral posts that have been proven to work in the past so that the posts are structured so that they hit certain emotional levels, the angst, the aggravations and resolutions, you know, so it's structured to be able to help move that client through understanding how you're going to help them. You know, it has the sales psychology behind it. So I'm not a copywriter. That's not my gig, right? And a lot of small businesses can't afford, you know, copywriters and big social media teams, et cetera. So the system actually helps to replace that. So it creates the super robust, and then I get to just read it, edit, and revise it to make sure it's in my voice. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. That is incredible. incredible. But it's it's also mimicking, mirroring uh, artificial intelligence, AI. Mm, it, right, I think it's I'm, I'm in a comparison, okay? I'm sure that this is, you know, it's more specific. Because yeah. AI is all over the place. But I want to incorporate that. And I want to ask about that because a lot of people are doing that. And what they have to understand is even though you go into AI and you get the content that you may need, as Melissa said, it's not in your voice. It's like when mm-hmm. you ask somebody else to write your resume. Right. <laughs> and then, right. And then you go into the interview and the person asks you questions and they know good and well that this was not, you know, the person that wrote this original content. So, as you said, from the onset, knowing who you are, creating your own identity, incorporating your brand, not plagiarizing, you know, uh, because it's it's not going to work. At at the end of the day, someone is going to know that you're an imposter. 
And that's going to be detrimental to your business. It's going to be a huge learning curve, but you could have invested 10, 15, $20,000, one year, two year, five years and hit a bus. Yeah. Yeah. So I like the way the system produces the output. I don't think it sounds like artificial intelligence and I have written and revised large documents for the public for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. And I always have found whenever you are at the starting point of writing something, you hit a, a ceiling as far as what you can edit, what you can think about, the angles you can see, et cetera. And you're like done and you need somebody else to take a look at it and make it better. Right. And so that's why you usually have an editor or somebody else that writes it. Right. So this system basically accelerates you past that first point so that you are sitting in the editor revisor seat from the start. So you have an output. You can read it, see if it's in your voice, make small adjustment tweaks to the words, get rid of the word unleashed. Because we know that that's a real common one that comes out, you know, so you be, can refine it to speak like it's your brand. And then that's what you end up producing and publishing. And so the system also has a, a publishing tool and a visual builder that's coming with it to be able to streamline the content that it produces to getting it right out on the platforms. And so we're super excited about that. Forgive me. This is your original intellectual property, or this is a company you work for, or this, this is a company. Okay. This is the company that I've partnered with. It's their original intellectual property. So it's a proprietary AI system. It's called Mass Content, and the company is Mass AI. And so as a partner with it's them. Got that, it's got that AI, that artificial intelligence, and they're not the same one as, you know, chat and, and all these other ones that are coming up. But that is an, a, a platform within itself that is very viable because these systems still have to learn. Mm -hmm. so it's not an automatic, you know, you don't go in there and just, how do you, you know, how do you do brain surgery? And they've never seen a brain. You've got to pour content into it. So again, you are very much engaged. A lot of people are afraid of this move towards artificial intelligence, but it's here to stay brains. You better it be for it. It's not going anywhere and it is going at an accelerated pace. I mean, just think me and my girlfriend were talking about the encyclopedia and my, her little, oh. girl, what is that? I was like, oh my God, our parents spent thousands of dollars on this, you know, these books full of content for us to research. And now you have Google, you have AI, you have all these other uh, platforms. Where do you see small businesses, and we'll use women, small businesses, really catapulting, catapulting their way into the 22nd century when it comes to that, because the the needs and the desires of jobs are going to change. So many people are afraid that AI is going to take their job away. Okay. So what new and innovative can we bring to the table to keep us employed and, and, and keep our businesses strong? Yeah. I think we're going to become the proof of concept on the AI. I think that we're going to be the ones that said, just like I said, with the output that comes out of our system, you want to read it, make sure it's in your brand voice, you want to make sure giving the right message, you know, and then you put it out the door. And I think that whole concept is actually going to be the where jobs are going to change and things will move and elevate. So I, I think that jobs will change. I don't necessarily think um, people will like never be able to find a job. But I think as far as success and catapulting into the next century, I think early adoption is best. 
so that they can keep up with what's going on and they can be able to find where they're going to fit in the future. The other thing that I also think about AI is that right now we to enjoy how it is providing us, it's saving time and it's creating some freedom with that. It's also giving us a little bit of a break on our brain of having to think about all the things because it just helps to serve it up in a way that you can then digest and work forward with it easier. But with that, if you fast forward, you know, four or five years, the speed that AI lets you produce results, that's going to become a new norm in four to five years. So, yeah, so that's what happens with anything that we progress with. So if that becomes the new norm and you're entering understanding AI and such at that point, it's going to be really painful. So I think getting on board with AI how it works, how it can benefit you and how you can leverage it now is more important than, you know, like what's going to happen down the road. Just go ahead and get on the train now and, you know, learn and be able to figure out how you fit in all of this going forward. And be excited about it, Brain. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, well, I never thought of that, or I could tweak this, or I could incorporate that, or this is, you know, this is a current trend. This is what someone needs right now. All this is an exciting time. It is. This is a time of innovation. You know, and women, we are the smartest. I'll tell you newsflash. (laughs) But uh, this is a time for you to uh, not just be a stay-at-home mom. And I don't mean just be, but you can add to that. You could be a stay-at-home mom and figure out things for childcare. Uh, things for how to make more efficient in your home, a great cooking recipes. There's so many opportunities again, that you can build on. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You know, you just can incorporate it and see how other people are wanting to ride. Right. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of opportunities. You know, I think we see a lot of them um, on the social platforms where people can just be able to do things completely online. There's things now where they don't even have to show their face. You know, there's lots of opportunities in the digital space. You know, we're seeing what's happening with brick and mortar, you know, shopping centers and so forth. And, you know, the world's moving and it's migrating. And if you don't migrate with it, you can kind of get left behind. I, I don't want people left behind. We have beautiful want... malls here in San Diego. And I went and it was like a ghost town. And that was um, that was just something to yeah. do on a Sunday. Oh, well, let's go walk the mall. Yeah. Everything yeah. is online. Let me order it through, you know, XYZ company and have it delivered right to the home. It's kind of um, reducing the social interaction too. How can we continue to stay engaged? Well, I think that's a great question, especially because when I associate it with what I do and how you find your people, you know, your tribe when it comes to uh, the online platforms, I think that being engaged there is one of the ways that uh, people have moved towards. So having communities that you click with and connect with, that those are becoming more and more important. But I still think that doesn't fully replace your one-on-one personal time with your family and your friends. So, or even your co-working peers and networking. So I think COVID shifted us all home, you know, in a great way. <laughs> um, but 
now transitioning out of that, not everybody returns to the workplace. There's lots of great things about being able to be a remote employee. So I'm all for that. But the um, social part that you would get with work, I think you do have to find ways to replace that. So whether it's you're going to networking events, conferences or whatever, you still need connection and interaction with live human beings. Absolutely. So there's nothing yeah. like, you know, there's nothing like a warm fuzzy. <laughs> but what I had to yeah. do is I had to stop always meeting at the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> right. So now you know I will tell my friends, um, let's meet at the park. Let's go for a walk. Yeah. Let's just yeah. you know, sit and talk. I agree with that. I agree because with that. We have a lot of great outdoor spaces here in Idaho. So I like to go for a hike or go for a walk. So let's ask you some fun questions, Melissa, about okay. one of my very favorites. If okay. you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be and why? What appliance? I don't know if I've been asked that. Um, well, I'm glad to be your first. <laughs> I know, right? Um, I think I would just have to be the oven because I like to cook it up keep it hot and make it finish. Wow. So <laughs> I, would the, I would be the polar opposite. I want to be the refrigerator because I just want uh -huh. to chill. <laughs> I want to chill. What are, um, you know, when you had an opportunity to kind of be reflective and look at things from a, a different landscape, not thinking about your, your, your spouse, but thinking about your own immortality. What are some of the things that you still want to do that are on your life list? Some of the things that you still want to achieve and that, you know, that you're pushing for outside of the successful business, of course. Um, well, one of the things that I really want to do is do a really big family trip. I would love to have like all the big family be able to go on a big trip. That would be a great thing for me. Um, I would you like to go. I would just like to go on a cruise in the Caribbean. That would be fantastic to me. So, you know, if we could have the big family go, that would be great. Um, so I have actually met someone. I am actually engaged. And so the we- front door. <laughs> really? You found love again? Oh, that's wonderful. Yes, yes. That's so, wonderful. yeah. So um, it'll be almost, well, it's four years now since um, Scott had passed away and been very blessed to meet someone who also gives me the grace and space to recognize, honor, and know that that part of my past is still part of my today, you know, because I think when your loved one passes away, that love doesn't disintegrate. It doesn't. It's still there the same as it was then. And to be able to meet someone who lets me still, you know, be able to love Scott. I love Mark. I can love them both. You know, just like you have multiple children, you have plenty of space in your heart. Um, so that has just been really a wonderful, wonderful thing for me um, in having to come out of grief and meeting somebody who could still embrace that. So, um, yeah, so super excited about that. Um, and then just growing my business. So um, I'm really excited about that. The clients that I'm working with, I'm loving. I'm loving all the partners that I'm working with. And that's just been a really fantastic journey. There are people that I have met along the way, like you, that I have just super enjoyed where I wouldn't have met them if I had not stepped out of my comfort zone, you know, to be able to start my business and be able to stretch. So I'm, I feel really blessed with that. Well, you know, you mentioned something. I wanted to to uh, talk about that for a minute. There's a lot of people that are afraid to be 
out, you know, and you said that there are elements to social media where you don't have to be visible. And I get that. And I'll, I'll say it. There are some businesses that don't want to identify their ethnicity, their age, their orientation. So they want to be trans, uh, they, they want to be uh, translucent. They want to be clear. They don't want people to see that. How do you get someone to trust? I don't know what you're doing or who you are when you are secretive. And I get that. You have to be careful though. And you have a responsibility on what content you let out. Right. And right. how it's positioned. Yeah. Right. So this is a really great perspective on, you know, I think that you have businesses of all scale, right? So I'm just going to focus on small businesses, online spaces, and the things that I've learned too, because I do have a Facebook group that's for digital, um, you know, content creators, excuse me. So it's cutting edge content creators. It's digital marketers who rock. And in that group, letting people into the group, there's definitely been frauds in there. So people come into the group and they use two first names as the whole name. Mm. Odds are that's not really a valid person. Somebody has their profile that has only been established in the last year. You definitely want to look at that profile and look further to see if they're you know valid. Um, people that come in, I had three people try to join on the same day with the same email three completely different profiles, but they listed their email and answering the questions and it was all the same email. So something's amiss, you know, so it does happen. So then you do think, how do I, the first thing they say is hello, beautiful. Right. You did it. They slide in your DMS. So a lot of those two, I ignore those that try to join the Facebook group. I end up just banning, you know, and to ban any future profiles that come through for them. Facebook does give you that option. So that's the side of where I can just say, yes, I know that that all happens where there's, you know, fraudulent profiles, fraudulent, whatever. And as far as putting your stuff out there, I think you have to find your own comfort level. You know, I'll be honest, I had to shift my, my profile because I need Facebook to be a place where I do connect with women, you know, women in business. So I needed to shift my profile to be able to do that. And so basically, you know, they have a setting where people that become your friends, they can't see things from the past. So I really appreciate that setting because I have used it more socially in the past and that has pictures on it and it has my family and everything else. I still get to see it. My friends who were my friends before I started my business, they still get to see it, but new friends don't. And so that helps to protect that. And then I've shifted what I actually do post on there so that it's not as personal. You know, it's not as well, you know open and, to the world. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is that um, people, this is what I kind of don't understand. You know, the Facebook business page, professional page, it's just a whole bunch of stuff of clicking and, and scheduling and editing and sorting and ads. And, you know, I, I get all that because it's a business page, but I think it's too cumbersome. I think it's it's too much. People get confused, so they get distracted by it. Um, so I maybe I don't know how to use it as effectively as I could. I was doing it. I was paying for the ads, and I was getting all these great men from Nigeria telling me how beautiful I was and never really being right. able to target the population that I was pouring my money into. 
I don't see yeah. people doing as many Facebook ads. Again, Facebook was not originally designed to be a business promotion site. It was connect to people, build friendships. Right. So the algorithm is really changed. You have 5,000 mm -hmm. people believe in trust brains, all 5,000. You know, I've got people that I haven't seen for years and I know that they're there unless you go. How do you keep right. that algorithm, uh, you know, syncopated so that you're getting some traction on all these people that you have? So I think that that is like the ever looming big question. It's like the um, Ouija board, you know, whatever you want to call it, or like the crystal ball, <laughs> like figure out which way it's going out. And I think honestly, just keeping your content up, keeping your content fresh, not letting it go stagnant is your number one thing across the board. Your second thing is engaging with people. So be it that you're engaging on other pages, be it that you're responding to people on your own page, you know, but your engagement helps to, you know, boost you in the algorithm. So those those are my two main primary stand things. And keywords, be careful what you say. You know, that algorithm knows when you are coming aggressive or, you know, you're you're rude or whatever. And then also right. you join these groups. Now I get it. Now, this is something that that I get. People say, "Oh, well, don't don't talk to my people." You got that all wrong, brains. Anybody that is on social media is open game. Yeah, they yeah. want to interact. If you want to introduce yourself and you want to interact and they want to interact, fine. You know, but spamming them, bugging them, all this kind—I of, I get all that. You don't want to be bothered. You block those people out. But because you have got a collective and you've created a certain group, those people don't belong to you. They are on other platforms. They can yep. have met them on uh, LinkedIn. They could have met or seen them or on X. I hate that X. I should have stayed Twitter, but <laughs> X is just so blank and boring. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, on Pinterest, they could have seen them somewhere else and engaged with them. So you don't do that. But then they also have these rules. Okay, don't promote yourself. Don't do this. We only post that. We only do this. Okay, I get that too, because you don't want to have built this platform or this group and then someone else come in and supersede. But that's mm -hmm. what you have an administrator for is to edit and filter. I think that they should be able to engage. That's what we're collecting ourselves for. That's what we're going to a group for to find like-minded people. What is your right. on that, Melissa? Um, so I think that um, the posting in each group is very individualized depending on the intent of the group. And I think that, um, you know, people should be able to talk and engage. I think the one thing is controlling the spam is hard because the controls that are in Facebook groups, you either have to approve every post or you let every post run wild. And that's not really great either because you can get some crazy posts. Okay. I mean, there are posts that I've had to deny because I really, I, I'm, I'm not promoting things that are illegal. So, you know, I need to run them through a filter, right? The secondary thing is that in the group, sometimes there's um, people who post things that are um, inappropriately enticing in the comments. And so that's a hard one. You need somebody who's moderating that to keep that fresh. So I think that unfortunately, people's misbehavior in groups has driven those rules that basically lock some things down because they're just trying to protect and control the environment that they're trying to create. You know, you want to create a safe space for people to connect in your community. There's only certain things you can do inside of the group 
rules, you know, that you can set up. So I think people are trying to do their best. I do think that people should be able to connect through there, make connections and commenting and, you know, find other like people. Um, but it is really up to the group owner as to what type of freedom they want to let to the posting. Yeah. You know, and you will get in these groups, like you said, and they will make some inappropriate comments. They will, they'll overrun it. Okay. You might let them post something and then next thing you know, they've taken over the whole space. So I get mm -hmm. there has to be some 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 balancing acts there. Let's go back yeah. to the fun questions. Yes. <laughs> you live there in Idaho. I do. What is the best potato recipe that you have? Is it fried potatoes, baked potatoes? You know, the Idaho potato was world renowned. I know. I think smashed potatoes smashed. are great. Now is a smash is a smash is not a mash. What is a smash potato? Smash is not a mash. Smash is a baked potato that you cut up and kind of smash and then fry with onions. So uh, those are delicious. Peel on or off? Either. Doesn't matter. And then the other thing that is really great that we have here is fry sauce. So I don't know. Uh, it doesn't seem to be everywhere in the country. But fry sauce is a mix of mayonnaise and ketchup as a base. And then some restaurants will flavor it differently. Maybe throw a little Worcestershire in, maybe throw a little vinegar, maybe throw a little pickle, maybe, you know, something a little different spicy, but that fry sauce base, it's everywhere here and we love it. Okay. So fry sauce. I'm fry sauce. <laughs> I, I might do that for lunch. Make me some smashed yeah. potatoes and fry sauce. There you go. <laughs> uh, if you had three magical wishes, anything. My three magical wishes. Um, let's see. Probably wish I could live in the same space as all my family. You know, we're kind of spread around the country, so I wish we could live in all the same space. Um, I want prosperity for everybody in my circle, you know, and beyond. So I would love that. And um, I want to have a blissful retirement, you know, that's part of, yeah. <laughs> I, I want to have a blissful long retirement. Yeah. I, uh, my husband, we were, we just lost a dear friend. And, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. It was not just his boss, but it was his buddy. Oh. And he went to work that Friday and Saturday he passed away just like that. So living in the moment, but he worked for this company uh, for 33 years and never gained a pension check. So brains, Call in sick. Wow. If you got if you got sick hours, take a couple mental health days. You know, oh, it's so wonderful. I have perfect attendance. Well, that's good for you, but no, you want to enjoy your life. You want to enjoy your life. And then, I agree, Melissa. What do you want your legacy to be? Well, I think that I loved and I helped. I think that's you know my simple legacy. That's beautiful. Tell my brains how to get in contact with you, to work with you. I think that what you offer Absolutely. is is so pivotal because people, are, again, they're lost. They're over overwhelmed. Do I do this? Do I do that? Again, working with you to create a structure, to have a strategy, to have a plan, to be able to go into this software, to use it effectively because you need mm -hmm. guidance with that. You know, you can't just get Absolutely. a program and say, oh, okay. Now, what do I do? 
Yeah. There's so many key components that you could be utilizing that you don't know. So you need Melissa brains. How do they get you? And I'm happy to help. So getting in touch with me, you can go to www.allmomentum.com or we have something else exciting right now, which is a free trial for our software system. And here's the link for that. It's a little long, but the HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash bit.ly forward slash free trial for rock stars. All is one word. And that will get you directly into a trial of our system. Okay. So I'm excited that we're offering that. that. Yeah, I'm going to put that in the show notes because I don't want people Absolutely. to get an opportunity. I tell you, I tell you, I tell you, Brains, that all of my guests always give you a great offering, an opportunity for you to catapult to the next level. We cannot stay stagnant. We can't be fearful. You know, number one, it's no fun. It's boring. And there is so many other opportunities, even if you're not going to generate money right away. Knowledge is power, but it is nothing it is. not applied. So you got to yeah. get with it. Get with the program. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Melissa, for sharing your Thank heart you. and your wisdom and your ingenuity with us and my brains. Go in again, go through your social media brains and really kind of see who needs to have that seat. Is it viable? Are you interacting with that person? If you haven't, reach out, engage. They may not be doing that anymore, but they might be doing great things. That can yeah. you know, really help you and your business. I need you to love, like, share, and subscribe. Love, like, share, and subscribe. Because I'm all over the planet. LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Apple, iHeart, Google, yada, yada. I'm there for you. And I want to grow that. And I want to be able to provide you the best content. So thank you so much, Melissa, for being here on The Edge. Come thank back you. and uh, tell your new love that he's got a winner. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, April. And bye, Brains. Bye, Brains. Have a good day.